Hello, everyone, and welcome to our New Year's Eve episode of Monster Movie Funtime Go. We're not doing like a special New Year's Eve movie, but I thought we might just, before we get to the movie, do a little year in review. Uh, I'm your host, by the way, Precious D. And I'm your other host, Honey B. Honey B, we started a podcast this year, 2021. Our first episode was on July 16th and the movie was King Kong. Wow, really? It was July? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so about six months we've been doing this now. Uh, this will be, depending on how you're counting, episode 62 or episode 20. <laughs> because <laughs> we did 31 days of horror for Halloween for October. But I did not number those as part of the regular series numbering. So... uh <laughs> Counting all of those and counting our Christmas special, this should be episode 62. Wow. <laughs> our most listened to episodes, our top five, are in descending order. 31 Days of Horror, Day 16, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Episode 11, Rodan. Episode 1, <laughs> King Kong. 31 Days of Horror, Day 18, Benny Loves You. Benny loves you. And episode 12, 20 million miles to Earth. Fuck yeah, guys. Those are some good episodes. What what is your favorite episode, Precious? Oh geez. I don't I don't know. And I'm not sure why the Scooby-Doo one is so popular. I guess people like that movie. I guess. I don't know. That's weird. When you when you look at your podcast platform, it doesn't tell you what's the most popular episode. Because if it did, then I'm sure people would go, oh, if that one's popular, it must be really good. I'll just jump ahead and listen to that. But for some reason, it got a big listenership right off and then continues to grow steadily and maintain its first place position. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can pick one favorite. <laughs> That's hard to say. I agree. Do you have a favorite one? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think as far as like maybe movies go, I would have to say my favorite movie so far would be Godzilla Raids Again or uh, uh, what did we just recently watch that was in Japan? The Mysterians? The Mysterians, yeah. Mysterians was a few weeks ago. I think, I think maybe that might be up there as well, but yeah. Okay. What's that? It, it's a. I don't know. It's hard to say. That's a lot of episodes to choose from. I don't even know why I asked you. <laughs> That's okay, <laughs> folks. You. I keep asking people to write in. Nobody's written in yet, but write in and, and to tell us, us personally too. We appreciate all of those messages as well. Well, people that know me have. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Have messaged me. That it is. Yeah, that's how we like have started i mean i'd like people from the 43 countries that we supposedly have listeners in to uh send us a message because i still don't have any verification that those aren't just americans using vpns i'd like to hear <laughs> like to hear from our foreign listeners 
So uh, I think we've had a, a good year to start off. We're still a small podcast, but we grow a little bit all the time. Please, if you enjoy us, tell all your friends about it and rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Oh, that was another stat I wanted to give. Our most listened to platform is Apple iTunes, Woo. followed by Spotify. Uh, the, well, the second most is Other. So <laughs> that could be a whole bunch of different ones group together uh, but it's mostly apple and spotify and five percent through the web browser it says probably my mother <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we supposedly have listeners all over the world and we would just love to hear from you so i'm looking forward to another year of podcasting with my best buddy honey bee here yeah baby and i hope you all will be there with us and now let's get on to the regular part of our show. The sequel to The Amazing Colossal Man and a terrible title. <laughs> I've read that it has the alternate title of Revenge of the Colossal Man, which is a much better title, much more accurate title. Yeah. Even that's iffy. Yeah, that's pushing it. <laughs> 1958, just one year after the first movie. Black and white. One hour and eight minutes. Bert I. Gordon is the goddamn director. Ah, uh, such a cheap-ass bastard, Bert I. Gordon. I can't I hate him so much. Don't have a budget or a box office on this one. As I said, it's a sequel to The Amazing Colossal Man featuring absolutely none of the original cast. Not even the the man? No, not even the man. Glenn Manning? No. Nope. Except for in some flashbacks, they reuse some footage from the first movie. Okay. Yeah. But no, the Colossal Man is not played by the same guy. But you wouldn't know it because there's some face makeup in yeah. this one. Uh, the death count is two, I think. And... The monster, of course, is a human, a colossal man. Its size is 60 feet. I'm going to give this one a racism factor of 0 to 0.5. Depends on whether or not you consider Mexicans to be white, uh, because this movie does acknowledge that non-white people exist, and the Mexicans are played by actual Mexicans. Oh, yeah. At least Mexican-Americans. We begin with some frantic music over a truck and opening credits. It's very and... like Wicked Witch of the West music. <laughs> yeah. Like with yeah. symbols. <laughs> yes. A young Mexican gentleman whom we will find out later is named Miguel, played by Robert Hernandez, drives his truck frantically into the water and then gets out and screams and falls down. And then we cut to a city, which the titles inform us is Guavos, Mexico. Yeah, instantly I wrote down, oh no, is this going to be as terrible as the first one? <laughs> <laughs> and a sign tells us we are at the Delegacion de Policia. Policia. Some American named Swanson of Swanson Gun Club is complaining that his car was stolen. Actually, a truck. I guess he's doing some gun club activity down in Mexico and had filled up a truck full of groceries. But he couldn't drive the truck down and his car down, so he hired some Mexican kid whose last name he doesn't even know to drive it down. He keeps saying, get the picture, get the picture. It's very annoying. Uh-huh. The kid never arrived. The policeman is not very helpful. 
No, but he's really sweet. <laughs> he, he is, but he's like, well, how do you know? It? How do you know? It? <laughs> it didn't show up. Well, maybe it's uh, like, no, it's not. Maybe he was, you passed him on the road. You know, I, wouldn't I know my own truck? And he's like, what's the kid's name? He's like, Miguel something. And he's like, oh, Miguel, come with me. And he takes him across the street to the hospital where No, Miguel... no, he's like he he's like he describes him. He's like, Could you describe him? And he's like, he's about this tall, he blah 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 blah. He describes him <laughs> and then the cop says, Well, would you know him if you saw him? Like, yes, motherfucker, I just described yeah. him to you. <laughs> and then he takes him to see Miguel. Right. Yes. Yes. And it is this it is the kid he's looking for. He's in the hospital, he's in shock, and he's just all, Where's my truck? The poor kid's in the hospital, man. Something's obviously yeah. bad happened. Uh, Miguel is in such shock that he can't talk. But I'll take you to where he was found. Out there, they see tire tracks, but no truck. And the cop talks about, the sergeant talks about, look, I just keep the peace. And I go by the book, and the book doesn't say anything about this. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the Beverly Hilton, where some woman is watching exposition television. Lady scientist, question mark? <laughs> the uh, Exposition Television Network informs her about Swanson's insurance claim on his truck because that's a breaking news story. And how he's having trouble collecting on his insurance claim because his truck was just carried off. Mm -hmm. So there's no evidence that he didn't just stash it somewhere and the insurance company doesn't want to pay. So what could have carried off the truck? This prompts the woman to immediately call Swanson. Uh -huh. I guess in those days you could just say, Operator, I'd like to make a person-to-person -person call to Mr. Swanson in Mexico, and she could just find him. Yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive, too. I was like, you would never have to ask for anyone's number, just their name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then the woman turns out to be Joyce Manning, who we find out is the sister of, what's his name? Glenn Colonel Glenn, Glenn Manning. Manning. Mm -hmm. Apparently his girlfriend is no longer concerned from the first movie. Good, because he was a fucking prick. She needed to move on. She was way too good for him. He, he was, but his sister is still worried about it. She has called up Swanson and has met with him and has asked a major Mark Baird to meet with them. And she's asking Swanson if he saw any giant prints and explains that she's looking for my brother... You may have heard of him, Glenn Manning, the amazing colossal man. <laughs> she thinks he may have survived the artillery and the fall off the dam. Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Uh, but Swanson doesn't want to get involved. Get the picture? Get the picture? Ask Miguel about it. And they discuss with the Major how they never found his body, but the Major is sure he is dead. The Major tries to ask her to dinner. We see a lot of tepid romances in these movies, but this one might win the prize for most tepid romance. Because he asks her to dinner and she says, I'd like to, but I can't because I'm leaving for Mexico right away. And then things do not progress any further than that. They hang out for quite a lot of the movie, but things do not go any further than asking her out to dinner. <laughs> so she sees Miguel in the hospital the policeman is a little more helpful now. Maybe because she's just nicer and isn't yelling, get the picture every few seconds. Mm-hmm. Miguel's having some kind of nightmare, and he screams. Mm-hmm. And did you know what the Spanish word that he was screaming? I did not know what the Spanish word that he was uh, screaming was, but apparently ooh. it means 
ogre or big fellow. Yes. Dr. Carmichael and Major Baird arrive from the U.S., and we find out that the policeman's name is Sergeant Murillo. And they're all going to go see where Miguel was found, and they see that the tracks go into the water but never came out. Won't you get into my automobile? Someone says that. (laughs) Major Baird says this is pretty meager evidence that he's still alive, but then the sergeant finds a giant-ass footprint. But only with three toes. Oh, I didn't notice that. There's only three toes. (laughs) They ran out of money partway through making the footprint. (laughs) <laughs> and then this is weird that whoever left that footprint must have been 60 feet tall and <laughs> Joyce says Glenn was 60 feet tall like do you think it could be him no some other 60 foot tall guy probably left this footprint it's just such a weird ass thing for her to say yeah <laughs> so judging from the position of the footprint they decide he must have gone to the mountains there's no people up there Let's go look for more prints. Small rock slide. They do some searching, but the ground's too hard here for prints. Oh, yeah, they find a truck. Yes, they find part of a truck, but it's a different truck. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's a little bit of a rock slide. Yeah. Which reminded me of Tarantula. Yeah. And the sergeant tells us it's no good to be here after dark. And he takes them to his house. Uh, not house. They appear to be being served dinner in the next scene at the police station. And someone that we presume is the sergeant's wife serves them dinner. And Baird tells us that the Mexican military are standing by. Joyce would prefer to try and reason with him. And he's like, reason with a giant? As if that's just an inherently stupid thing to try? I- <laughs> I don't see why being a giant would make him necessarily unreasonable. Um, yeah, I do not understand. Now we, but we do know from the last movie that once he reached a certain size, he seemed to have trouble thinking clearly. Yeah. So maybe uh, when you get to be a certain size, the distance between the synapses in your brain increases and makes it hard for the electrons to go back and forth. I, I don't know. I don't know. That sounds stupid. <laughs> Um, so she'll go alone if she has to, and you're going to hurt more than help. Yeah, she tells him that they're going to hurt more than help. So they go to search the mountain. Neither of them are dressed for hiking or rock climbing, but they go anyway. She's just wearing a dress, and he's just wearing his, you know, his, um, not exactly dress uniform, but it's not, you know, combat boots and fatigues. He's wearing a nice uniform. Yeah. So they're not, not dressed for climbing. And they find a whole, like, stash of wrecked trucks mm-hmm. and decide he's been raiding these trucks for food. And they find Swanson's truck, which is clearly labeled Swanson's Gun Club. And at 20 minutes and 54 seconds, the colossal man appears looking like the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, <laughs> it looks pretty good from far away. Yeah. And just going rawr. So... So his injuries in the last movie apparently resulted in him losing skin on about a third of his face. Uh, and he can't seem to speak. He just goes, rawr. He basically honks. <laughs> like, honk. But you know, something else that I thought of was like, in the first movie, whenever Glenn like goes and like the explosion happens and he like loses all of his skin, 
and then he re his skin like regenerates. Remember that? So I thought like, why didn't it do that? Why didn't it regenerate? Skin? I don't know. I thought that I thought that the the makeup the effect did look pretty good from far away. As yeah. long as it was like far away, it looked pretty good. <laughs> No, I didn't have a problem with the way he looked. I just thought because it was only covering part of his face, he kind of looked like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, definitely. He has a new truck, and uh, the major tells her to, to get back, but then he does that thing that we were talking about in the last movie where he sort of hides behind her. <laughs> he protects her by holding on to her from behind. Hot. So, um. And then we cut to the sergeant on Carmichael inspecting a load of drugged bread. Yeah, sleepy bread, as I'd like to call yep. it. <laughs> sleepy bread. <laughs> it will make him sleep for eight hours, but won't harm him. Is there another way? I'm doubtful. It just seems like getting the dosage right on is going to be iffy. It's either not going to work or it's going to be an overdose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she mentions that his face was horrible. Man, uh, uh, The major... Get, tries to get her to go home to San Francisco and find something to take your mind off of it, like what do you do for work? She's a copywriter. She writes a copy for ads. So not a lady scientist. Not but, a lady uh, scientist. but like the last movie, a really good Nancy Drew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The women in his life are way too good for him. Yeah. And she's uh, also, uh, you know, a successful, presumably successful career woman. Um, she must be successful. She can afford to just fly back and forth to Mexico and take several weeks off from work. <laughs> but she talks about how the, the writing the ad copy, they were always using words like amazing, colossal, and huge and gigantic. <laughs> and this all just made her feel, think of her brother. Uh, and then we're all set. But she can't, ho she can't go home because Philo. Philo. Philo, which if you haven't been listening, folks, and if you haven't been listening, you should be listening. Philo is first in, last out, which means in these movies, if you are there in the beginning, you are there till the end. No matter what. Regardless of your qualifications. Though she, unlike many people in the Philo situation, has an actual direct personal interest in what's going on. Right. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. It kind of makes it a little different when this one, because it's her family. Yep. Yep. She is a good sister. She is. The truck's loaded up and they drive around. The sergeant's driving the truck and he is driving fast to kick up dust. Why? Again, this is, this is part, definitely part of the Philo in that this local police sergeant is not necessarily the person who should be trying to trap a 60 foot man. Yeah. The military has not stepped in at this point, though. It's just him and a guy from a foreign military <laughs> and a doctor. Uh, he's trying to kick, kick up a lot of dust. Is, is she in the truck with him? I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. But driving driving fast will kick up more dust, which will call, call more attention to us. Oh, here he comes. Step on it. Then stop up here in this clearing and we'll get out. They do, and then he grabs the truck and nom-noms on the bread. <laughs> They're trying to hide behind a rock. It looks like he sees them and starts towards them, but then the drug starts kicking in, and we get more of this just terrible composite imaging where you can kind of see through them a little bit. Uh -huh. Not as bad as some of them, but still not great. Right. And then a news guy reports that the, there's a plan to carry him back across turns out he's not dead and they plan to carry him back across the border 
And then some unnamed congressman is giving an interview and wants to thank Mexico and Major Baird and everybody for doing a good job. And then we get a, a little bit of, I guess, political social commentary. Yeah. Yeah. In that, then we get the, the series of scenes where the Congress, the reporters are like, well, what's Congress going to do about it? And he's like, oh, it's not Congress's job to fix this. That's the Department of Medical Research is yeah. going to take over. <laughs> and the Department of Medical Research says, well, we can't be responsible for feeding him. We're going to turn this over to Health and Welfare Department. And the Health and Welfare Department kicks it back to Congress. Yeah. Who then the same congressman suggests they call the Pentagon. Now, it is obvious to me whose problem this is. It's the military's problem or the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs mm -hmm. because he is a disabled vet whose condition is a result of an on-duty accident. So it is clearly yeah. the job of the military to fix this, not any of these other organizations. Yeah. Some mayor, the mayor of Los Angeles, I think, will not allow the plane to land. And like, well, it's running out of fuel. It's going to land soon, like it or not. So he says uh. he can <laughs> land long enough to refuel and take off again. And they talk about where they could store him. And he suggests the Hollywood Bowl. And like, we can't just leave him out in the element, even if he is a giant. It's giant, yeah. <laughs> How about that hangar over there? It doesn't look like he's being used. And the mayor sounds like he's being a jerk, but turns out to be completely right when he points out that this is a major airport. It's too dangerous to just have him hanging out here. Yeah, but it's another one like, I give you my word, like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we promise he won't be here any longer than necessary. <laughs> and then we see him strapped down in the hangar. He still can't talk. Just grumbles. Just honks. The government can't decide what to do. <laughs> I love this line. I love this line where she, where she's like, well, can't we get him to a hospital? And he's like, they don't make hospitals that big, Joyce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she asks about the sulfur hydro, which was the potential solution in the last movie. And he says, well, that stopped the growth, but it's not going to reverse it. In the last movie, they did have a plan. The sulfur hydro was supposed to stop the growth, but then they had a plan for something that was going to reverse it, and they didn't get to execute the plan. But they seem to have forgotten about that second part of the plan, because if they did, then the movie would be over. Right. <laughs> Can't try him to be free? Uh, I don't know. She, she, I think she wants him to be free, but he doesn't even recognize his own name. And then we see him kind of sleeping and having flashbacks to the accident, and we get a recap of the entire first movie mm -hmm. in short clips of the whole movie. And I forgot how much I fucking hated him until he <laughs> saw again. Yeah, because like, he's a little bit better, I feel like, just in the sense of like you don't get a lot of Glenn Manning's like horrible fucking attitude because already whatever. You like him better as a speechless skull face than you did as himself. As like a honking phantom of <laughs> the desert or whatever. Of the airport. Yeah. The airport. <laughs> he really was the fucking worst. Yeah. Uh, after he finishes his flashback, he breaks loose and the soldiers try to tie him back up with more rope, but it 
it's not working and he crawls out of the hangar and they say to try to head him away from the planes with tear gas and somebody says anesthetic would work better well then get some <laughs> and uh yeah i wrote mayor's fears justified and then he does the kong bit with the control tower mm-hmm. he looks through the window of the control tower and a woman screams uh, bang bang extras run around in front of a screen it looks like there's just a flat screen that the extras are running back and forth in front of yeah and then at one point his position seems off because the airplane he's standing behind an airplane um uh, uh what do they call it uh, the in the airport the uh the, the gate there's an airplane like parked at the gate and he's sort of behind it and it's all about waist high when it should be more at his knee it looks like he's standing in a pit behind the thing. Hmm. I just feel like he should have been standing taller than that. it looks like it's all sitting on a table in front of him rather than him. Uh, I don't know. It looked weird, although the proportions might have been if it was at his feet, that might have made him taller than 60. Yeah, but it just it, it all looked he just looked too big to be that close. Yeah. Yes. His size was too big to be where he was in relation to should have not it should have been an ankle and knee height and at this point i would just like to point out that i love the 50 foot woman but we should definitely keep the monsters to big scary creatures not huge man babies. <laughs> these giant man babies not doing it for you. just really no i just hate it <laughs> uh yeah they're not they're not as great um his hand smashes through the roof and the control tower is ordered to get all aircraft in the air at once and we see some military planes take off but none of the civilian planes take off yeah this is like the stock footage right of like the yeah. air force jets yes yeah and some guy shoots a gas gun uh but look out because he's gonna fall down and then he does and they all have to run <laughs> back yeah and that head flop <laughs> <laughs> wow then we do a fade cut to the mayor complaining and uh some general is here to straighten things out He's too weak and he's lost a lot of blood and we've got better restraints. So he's not going to break out again. Uh, what will happen? We don't know. Dr. Carmichael comes and they talk about his mind and he might have amnesia and shell shock or it could be brain damage. If it's brain damage, then we're just fucked. Uh-huh. If it's amnesia and shell shock, we can fix it's just then he's going to be a psychopathic case and a menace. (laughs) He'll perform an examination. Joyce is on the phone trying to procure plasma from the Red Cross for the doctor with little success. Uh, Not why this is Joyce's job, I don't know. But she turns the phone over to the major who assures them that all the blood will be replaced. He'll probably just order a bunch of his men to donate blood. Yeah, I was wondering, I literally wrote that down too. Like, how are you going to give this blood back? Yeah. Yeah, he's just going to order the troops to go, go down the Red Cross and start getting drained, boys. Uh, Joyce makes nice. They've been, you know, arguing a little bit. Baird is going to take her home and they pass by Glenn and he seems to notice and starts fiddling with his chains a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but then nothing comes of that. And then later they're doing an examination and they've got him hooked up to a machine, like a polygraph sort of thing. Dr. Carmichael is explaining the machine and the test to Joyce. And some Dr. Richardson is helping. 
and they bring in a projector film presentation uh, sort of the next best thing it's a slideshow i I would count that for playing bingo you know yeah they uh discuss his injuries and the Start the association test. They show him slides of his college, of the ship he came back from. And they're like on. just screaming at him like, Glenn, yeah. look at the picture, Glenn. <laughs> God damn it. Do you this recognize this face? Do you yeah. recognize this face? It's your own goddamn face, you <laughs> fucking moron. <sighs> and then uh, Joyce steps in and tries to jog his memory talking about his bicycle as a kid and his first date and this just seems to get glenn agitated yeah this really pisses him off which doesn't make any sense because they're saying like we're gonna stimulate his brain blah 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 and then nothing happens and then she starts doing something and they're like nope and i'm like wait we just saw him react like you're telling me there was no stimulation on your little reader doctor (laughs) yeah but it all seems to be a very negative reaction looks like he doesn't like being reminded of stuff i don't know yeah she like really pisses him off yeah and then the newspaper headline says giant fails last chance and one of the characters is reading the paper and we find out that they're planning to ship him to an island 60 miles off the coast who wants to tell joyce and the major's like i'll be back in half an hour it's only gonna take me half an hour to (laughs) go break this tour come straight back i don't know why they didn't come up with this plan in the first place when they were deciding where to when they had him on the plane from mexico and were deciding where to put him uh-huh. they should have taken him straight to an island where they could have just let him go and none of the uh, idiots <laughs> if they'd taken him to an I- isolated island in the first place then they could have worked on treating him and given him the freedom that he needed and maybe worked on things more gradually but they're idiots but he he um is telling Joyce the plan and that they're going to parachute food into him and he, his needs will be taken care of. And he says or she says that he's not a brother and he's a monster. He tells her he's not your brother anymore. He's a monster. Nothing will change him back. Well, we quickly cut to Glenn stirring and then she asks, will he be alone in the island? He says, there'll be an inspection every month. Can I go? Yes, I already foresaw that you would ask that, and I've made arrangements. She thanks him, and the phone rings. He has escaped, and Dr. Carmichael is dead. Uh-huh. So that's our first body. Carmichael is dead. Yeah. The police dispatch is like, oh, Giant's loose in Los Angeles, so call it all cars. <laughs> Giant on the loose. And Joyce and Baird are at the office, and Joyce calls the police just to see if there's any report, and there's not. Uh, but then a little bit later, they get a report that he's been spotted at Griffith Park. Block it off, and I'll call Carmichael. And then the police dispatch again is like, uh, everybody set up roadblocks around the park. He's just, uh, you know, car 54 do this, car 67 go block off that and then the the news comes on and tells everybody not to go near the park but we will. Everybody stay away from the park so you won't get in the way of the military and police operations but we are going to go straight over to the park to report everything to you. It's just like in a hurricane when they the news tells everybody to evacuate but then they hang around in the hurricane. Yeah. Uh, we see a bunch of kids leaving the observatory that is in the park. And cop pulls up and tells them, get out of here. Get out of here. There's a giant on the loose. So the the bus, they load our kids up into the bus. 
And we see Joyce and Barrett at the roadblock. He's between here and the observatory. Light units, turn lights on. There's a bunch of big old uh, floodlights, skylights, spotlights, lights that they turn on. And the reporter's there at the perimeter. The searchlights are looking around for him. They almost spot him, but he's hiding in the trees. And a couple of damn kids are lollygagging. This kid, Arthur, is macking on this kid, Lori. And the teacher keeps calling for them. And they're just like, eh, don't worry about her. Look at all the lights down there. I wonder what's going on. Maybe if we paid attention to our teachers, she'd, she'd tell us. And then the reporters are at the perimeter again. And a bunch of gawkers, people are starting to assemble like dumbasses when they were told not to. And some woman wants to know, did the bus come down? Lori's mother has shown up with her coat. Oh my gosh. Because she left home without it. And I heard about what was going on. Thought I better bring her her jacket. Oh. Put on a jacket, honey. There's giants out. Don't forget your coats. You know, there's giants running around the city. Yeah. But mom wants to know if the cop will let her go on up there to give her the coat. And he's like, no, she'll, she'll be fine. Without it, these two dumbass kids finally come to the bus and they're like, get on, let's go. And then the giant shows up at the observatory and they're yelling at him through bullhorns. You know, you're surrounded. No escape. Give up. Glenn Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinal Glenn Manning. <laughs> give up. And er, he does some growling and then he picks up the Fuck. bus. He picks up the bus full of children. And just start shaking it. Yeah, they give them all screaming. shaking baby syndrome. <laughs> the kids did a really good job. Yes. Rule number one, don't shake the baby. <laughs> Rule number two, don't make sharks smarter. Yes. That is a different movie. He uh yeah, shakes the the bus full of kids, they're screaming. He doesn't seem to pick it up for any reason other than to terrify the kids, because he doesn't seem to think that there's food in there. Uh, Joyce grabs a Jeep and takes off and convinces him to put them down. And he does. Yeah, he does. So I literally wrote out right now, wrote down, great job. Turns out he was faking the whole time and he <laughs> understands everything. He's just throwing a huge fucking fit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it looks like he's trying to think. He starts to reach out to pick up Joyce, but then doesn't. And then he finally speaks and just says, oh, Joyce. And then he starts to walk off, but then stops by some high power lines and commits suicide by high power cable. Yawn. And then the movie turns color for a little bit here at the end. Which was weird. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on. And I don't know if this was in the original or something that was somebody just decided to add in the uh, 4K remaster that's on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, Joyce's dress is blue. The electricity is looking kind of orange, and he's looking sort of flesh-colored as he's getting electrocuted. Huh. Uh, so I don't know what was going on there. I thought that was odd. And then he collapses at the end. The end. Thank God. Over. A whole second movie just to take us back to where we were at the end of the other one. A yeah. dead, colossal man. <laughs> 
Yeah, fuck this movie. I if I'm I'm ready for like other monsters. I I I miss big monsters. I like the big people. All I'm saying is if it's not a fifty foot woman, I don't want none. If it's anything else in a human that's big, I don't give a shit. Well, I think the only until we get to the the remakes of this, which won't be for years, the only other thing that we have that is close to this is a a Japanese movie, a Toho movie, Frankenstein Conquers the World. Oh. And its sequel, War of the Gargantuas. Huh. Which, you know, features a sort of a giant Frankenstein monster fighting another monster. Hmm. Uh, I've never seen the whole thing. I don't think he starts out giant. I think he grows to giant size, but then fights another monster. And then I think that the sequel, two of them fight each other. So uh, that's that's this movie. Boo! <laughs> two stars. So yeah, this, yep. this movie was lame. Um, it, I feel like it was maybe a little better than the first one, maybe, but probably not. Yeah, I I think maybe just the skull face effect uh, gave it a little bit of a little something. Yeah. something. Sure. And I liked his sister just fine. Yeah, me too. She was good. But I mean, the the, the thing was, was that, it, like, she, we already had seen her character in the first one. Like, I know that it was his girlfriend, but she did the same shit. Like, yeah, it was like the same dynamic. And so it just like wasn't, I didn't really give a shit because like, I'd already seen it. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll go with a two as well. It's not great. But I didn't. I didn't completely hate it. It didn't make me angry or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Folks, this episode should be coming out on New Year's Eve. So happy Ooh, New Year to happy everyone! New Year. Uh, maybe uh, if you're staying up late, maybe watch some monster movies. This one was available on YouTube. Don't watch it. We we watched it for you, so don't watch it. <laughs> Next week, I believe, is Attack of the Crab Monsters, which is also on YouTube. Okay. So good to know. uh, Good good luck with that. Please drop us a line at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com or send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. If you are enjoying the show, tell your friends. Rate and review us on iTunes or any other I um uh what do you call it? podcast platform wherever yes. you podcast yes any other po- podcast platform that get lets you review things we are slowly building our audience but we need all the help we can get you can find us on all the social medias you can buy our t-shirts at cafepress.com/mmftg. Until next time, remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. What Don't else misuse do? science. Don't misuse science. <laughs> we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Monster Movie Fun Time Go! You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. 
Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.